In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Hi, Psychic listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. I am very excited today to be speaking with Paraqua. She is a composer, singer, international facilitator of women, internationally acclaimed artist, and mystery to America. And I am just thrilled to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. Great pleasure to be here. I'm you're in what part of America are you in? Right now I'm in Ohio, but I split my time between Ohio and Georgia. So Okay. And I'm in Moscow, Russia right now. It's amazing technology. It connects us in all parts of the world. And I need to say I'm a little starstruck. I am sitting with someone super famous. <laughs> so I would love just to hear from the beginning how you got involved in what it is that you do as a musician, as an artist, and also more on the spiritual healing side of things. So please, the floor is yours. Okay. Wow. It's a really big, um, it's a big topic because, you know, some artists work in a particular area and I'm one of those women who have many, many strings to her bowl. Um, so when I was a younger woman, I was actually a jazz, uh, jazz trained conservatorium singer. And, uh, I went through a radical transformation in my early twenties. Once I came through enough of that taste, you know, of that gritty jazz world, of that kind of sexy jazz singer, you know, being very masculine, etc. I went to a really deep, deep, um, I guess you could say dark night of the soul in that I felt very much like I was not honoring my original calling that I had, which is a vision when I was about 17 years old. And uh, I said to myself, if I could sing, because at this stage I was not singing, if I could sing, I would sing not just to entertain people, but to actually help to heal them. And not just emotionally, but on 
every level. And if I could sing, I would sing for millions of people all over the world. Well, it was a long journey coming to the realization of that vision. And uh, the jazz pathway, I mean, great training, of course, musically fantastic. I guess it's a fantastic basis for composition. And, and it means that uh, I have enormous flexibility. And that has always been a fantastic grounding for me as a composer, because now it's quite hard to categorize my music, but I could say that my music is some of the most sensual and feminine music um, on the planet. And it has two different aspects to it. It's very much I've grown uh, over the last 32 years as a singer. I've grown 10 CDs. I've I've grown a whole culture of women's music that women use around the world for practice, for sacred dance, for tantra, for making love, for birthing their babies to, you know, like almost anything to do with women's world. I've composed uh, to support that transformation and the growth from a woman really coming to know herself, love herself, fall in love with her body, you know, and that's one aspect of my music. And then there's a whole nother world, uh, which is the world of music for practice and specifically that vocal way to actually get the cells, the body open and vibrating. So the body switches on that healthy field and the body starts to go into that self-healing mold where the heart switches on, that inner flow of love starts to happen, uh, where the glands, you know, in the head start to open, the crown, the connection to the soul, where the womb energy starts to ground her properly in the body, where the sexual energy starts to flow through the body. So this is music that I created specifically for practice. And so I have a whole online uh, world for women so that when they step into my site at paraquai.com, there's about 15 courses there to support a woman to unfold herself in many, many different ways, emotionally, spiritually, physically, with dance. And then I went to the next level and I started to marry these two aspects of my being because I was either in the world of workshopping with women. I've workshopped with women from 63 countries. So over these last maybe 25 years, I've been workshopping. And, um, and then I have, you know, the artist side who is the performing artist. And then I finally married fully those worlds together. So there's the aspect of the concerts that I create and I can work with concerts from a thousand to 6,000 people and regularly do that. And they're very high vibrational concerts. People come because their heart opens, their body opens, they get direct connection to the mother earth. They start to experience deep states of meditation and this is because I've created both the music to just really open the feminine body. And then I've created these special soundtracks 
where I'm using just voice. Imagine it's just voice. I'm in a concert hall. I have a huge projection going on behind me. I have an auric field scanner scanning my aura. I have surround sounds in the concert hall and just voice as people go into these deep states of meditation, but they can also see on this huge screen that as the, as I'm singing, the auric field is moving like over the whole body and you can see how the vibration of voice opens the, the whole field. Of course, then we started um, scanning people with different scanners like bioresonance, uh, heart scientists, etc., to see what was happening to people when they were receiving this kind of uh, music and practices. And we've had some incredible results uh, from scientists showing the transformation in the body in even sometimes just 15 minutes, but when they're listening to these voices. And this voice for me is, is something the next level onwards from, say, all the women's compositions I've created. These compositions have been designed to open up the whole energetic field of the body. So they're not lyric songs. They are pure primordial sound and they are resonant with sometimes two or three or four harmonic overtones. So I have my original voice singing, but then I'm overtoning sometimes one, two or three times. So you're getting this undulating, modulating uh, harmonic overtones whilst I'm singing. And, um, this really starts to open up the realms, especially, you know, you can imagine when I'm in a big concert hall, full surround studio sounds, you know, and the visuals. This is where I marry together both the performer and let's say the, the, the singing healer aspect of the music. And, uh, so I regularly give these, uh, concerts. And finally, I can say that in the last few years, the consciousness of people is ready and hungry and thirsty for this kind of experience where even if they don't meditate, they go into deep states of um, opening, rest, healing. And it's beautiful to see as a woman who's now 52 that when I started on that journey, I would say that humanity probably wasn't ready to receive what I was bringing earlier on. You know, it mm-hmm. took time for the consciousness to ripen, to be able to say, wow, this is not weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's something phenomenal, you know, something amazing. And because it's like we had to have enough of just how to say pop, low vibrational kind of, um, consumerism to realize that there's more, you know? Yeah. Well, for sure. How do you compose? So you probably have a whole process, but it seems like you would imagine you're tapping, like you mentioned the, the artist and the performer, but then also the energy and the healing aspect of things. How do you come up with your, with the end product, the music itself? Yeah. So for example, if I'm making one of the healing soundtracks, Normally, I mean, I have a daily practice of feminine meditation, which I've cultivated over these years. And, and this is a practice that I do teach to 
all the women I work with. So whatever I teach is because I've realized, you know, that, that experience, you know, of, of how to really open the feminine body. And so I go into those deep states of meditation. And when that uh, flow of life, of love is flowing through the body, my whole crown, my head is very, very bright, very, very open. There's such a flow of love. And I will like, it's almost like I catch these vibrations. It's, it's a feeling like they already exist, but it's like, just allowing them to come through. And then I'll switch on my, I have a home studio. So I just switch on my mic, hit my play button. Cause I'm kind of also a producer of my music or co-produce my music. So I'm, I'm articulate enough in the engineering world to be able to record myself at a high level. So that really, really helps because if I'm, if I'm feeling spontaneous, then the play button's there. So then I would just transmit this energy sometimes it's it's a it's an energy that comes through because i really recognize it's needed for example working with so many women on the planet i realized just how disconnected women are from their womb energy i can't feel it unless they're in menstruation or they're pregnant but it needs some pressure you know to be able to feel the energy of the womb and one day I just thought, okay, I'm going to just really tune into the womb energy. I went into meditation and then, and then I came out into the studio and there was a full soundtrack. And I, I don't, when I start to like when the play button goes, I will just sing for 20 minutes and the track will be 20 minutes long. So, and they're very long, deep sounds for the womb you know, with these low overtones and these high overtones. And it creates this trance-like state and it literally starts to vibrate the woman's womb so she can start to literally feel the vibration of her womb, which is very important because otherwise if you say, oh, just, you know, feel the, feel your body, women can't feel it. They need to literally be able to tangibly um, feel the body to be able to open into it, to understand it, to get it fluid again. Because uh, something that I've found is when, as women, you know, we're pushing all the time and we're living a very fast lifestyle, often making compromises to be uh, successful or more masculinely driven, you know, in life, the body centers start to, to get very dense and heavy and uh, there's less sensation there. So what I realized was that in order to be able to awaken those senses, I have to go inside myself, totally inside that center and get it fully resonating. So as I said, it's almost like I'm catching a vibration that that is that primordial vibration and then just putting it that's a beautiful way to describe it. Thank you for sharing. Mm. And for people that may think they understand the feminine, the masculine, I mean, I think we we throw that around, right? A lot in society. We're like the feminine, the masculine. And there's a lot of, I don't want to say myths and misconceptions, but there's misconceptions of what those are. And for people that may think that they know what it is and or not, can you share a little bit about like when you're talking about the feminine and the womb, what that entails? Sure, definitely. I mean, you know, I think one of the great confusing things that happen in the spiritual world, because imagine I came through 
like the new age, you know, I started my spiritual journey in the eighties, right? <laughs> so it was all about the light and drinking crystals, not a lot has changed, but you know, crystals, rainbows, <laughs> um, healing vibrations, channeling, etc., etc. And there really wasn't a lot of acknowledgement about what's the balance of that, because all of that tends to speak more of masculine energy, this light, this something that's intangible, you know, you can't put it in a box, it's not physical, you know. But feminine energy is, it's, it's much more tangible because feminine energy comes from an intangible place and that place has been often, how to say, misrepresented because what we've associated with feminine energy is a lie, and that is negativity and uh, darkness in a negative sense. But the truth is that we live in a dark cosmos, and I would say that our cosmos is pure feminine energy, and she's filled with stars and suns and planets. We, she has all of this masculine energy, you know, inside of her. But fundamentally, our universe is a feminine energy and our planet is the expression of that feminine energy with a, with a feminine soul. And, um, and if we, if we understand, if we look at our mother planet, she's like the ultimate expression of that feminine energy because she gives life. She has one Billion, 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 billion different forms of life, flowers, trees, humans, animals, etc. And she gives this ever consistent flow of life force and love through creation. And that is feminine energy. And she is the total balance of him, the masculine energy, because I would say the sun in our universe is our mirror of what masculine energy is. It is pure light, pure fire, or it's pure consciousness, this idea that gets planted just like, uh, you know, semen into the, into the egg or gets planted into our planet, that light comes into the planet and she takes that light in and mixes it and makes all these wonderful creations with it because without that sun there's no none of this expression of life on the planet you know so it it is this um the feminine energy she's totally in, in love with the masculine energy they they just call they're the principles that create life together you know but she is the one that continually feeds that uh, life force and that love and then takes it away and returns it back to the source, digests it, changes it, and brings up a new form. That's the feminine energy, you know, the cycle of birth and uh, and death. And uh, we don't want to know about that cycle of death. We only want to know about the cycle of birth, you know. So anything to do with the darkness, we associate with death and often negativity and evil, rather than that in that that blackness there is this negative principle in that just like on an old um, photo, you know, you had to imprint the light into the darkness before you could see the image, right? That's her. 
So it's kind of like that marriage between him and her. So she's the one that gets imprinted into that negative, that blackness. And out of that, she births something, you know, and, um, and she takes care. It's, it's a pro-life energy. So she takes care of, there's a fundamental healthy field of life. And that is both in the planet and it's in the body. So the, every body has a field of life that flows up through the body from the planet, but it's also a contained field that flows from the body. And at the same time, just as we have sun to earth, we have the soul that flows down through the body, the light of love that flows down through the body. So we have these spinning fields. So the feminine principle is to recognize that this principle has cyclical energy. And so the cycle of life, the cycle of death, the cycle of rest, the cycle of growth, you know, and hence we see that in our womanly body. We see the cycle uh, of growth, you know, the spring, we see how, you know, in the early part after, after menstruation, we see this uh, new life and then eventually we see the egg as it, as it grows, you know, and matures inside the body. And then we see the possibility of new life and then the egg doesn't get fertilized or it does. But then we see this process where like autumn, it's starting to die. And then we see death, you know, and the death is that time of deep rest, deep letting go in a woman's body. And if she doesn't know that cycle in herself and devalues that fundamental feminine cycle in herself, then she's going to be pushing, like trying to be like a man, as if to say, I don't have that, I don't have that, you know, like, or I'm weak or I can't be weak or I can't acknowledge that or I can't give time to that. So this uh, very subtle uh, degradation of feminine energy on the planet has really infected woman's body. And so a lot of my work is to say, hey, your womanly body is not a mistake. Your emotional body is not a mistake. Your spiritual body is not a mistake. You know, and how many spiritual practices, it's like, oh, you mean the second chakra or the, they're the lower centers. And it's often not just implied that they're physically lower, but they are lower vibrational centers. I would say in women's body, it is the opposite. They are very high vibrational centers, which is why when I work in, um, woman's meditation, you know, I work at activating, getting that womb very resonant because when a woman switches on that womb, that dark space inside of herself, it's not very tangible, just like you can't feel the cosmos, you know, you kind of suddenly feel the cosmos. It's not very tangible, but it's where all of life happens. Her ovaries there, all her intuitive uh, visions and direct feelings of life uh, come through the womb. And of course, the sexual energy, you know, that, that vaginal yoni, um, impulse that flows with this life force up from the earth. This is her root. This is her ground. This is her power. This is her healing. So I very much look at working with woman's body to switch on the, um, the yoni womb energy to get her life force flowing beautifully up through her body. Then we can start to talk about the higher centers of the heart, you know, the pineal gland, the crown, and the flow of, of the soul. But without those fundamental roots and that connectivity to 
the beauty and the depth and the darkness and the mystery and the love that it takes to switch on these centers because something I found with women is they feel a lot of shame, you know, in the in relation to the sexual centers, in relation to the womb and menstruation, all of that. And with this degradation, there is density. It's like something's wrong with that, not right with that, or shameful about that, or sexual abuse, or whatever the reason being. But in her womanly grounding, there is no grounding because this conditioning that's been put inside of a woman's body, that there's something wrong with her, not how incredibly right she is, you know, how incredibly powerful or beautiful or innocent she is. No, she's like this feminine energy has been twisted into something being very overt, like the performing, I don't know, sexual dominatress or something like this is not true feminine energy at all. This is distorted feminine energy. So, you know, a big part of my work is to help a woman return her spiritual, physical and her relationship to her inner world, to her body, to a place of innocence and the flow of beauty that rises up from the mother planet, you know, up from the earth, up through her field and nourishes her within. So that is a really beautiful example of feminine energy. And, of course, man has feminine energy in him. And, of course, she has masculine energy in her. But masculine energy has been highly cultivated on the planet because it's about logic. It's about seeing um, structure. You know, it's about creating things um, very mentally. You know, so we see amazing and technological advance with that masculine energy. We see the push towards more, 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 more because the masculine energy is – it's quite competitive. It wants to be the one to be first, you know, the semen that's got to penetrate that egg first, you know. And it it's kind of begins on a biological level. Survival. <laughs> it's survival, exactly. Right. So we've kind of been cultivated to cultivate this masculine energy through the school system, university system, work system, you know. And um, it really is time I consider that they find a new balance now inside and on the planet. But that is fundamentally why the planet's currently in such a mess. Yes, absolutely. I do want to ask you, so you mentioned we kind of skipped over when you were at 17 and you had this experience. Like I, <laughs> seems like you had kind of a pretty profound experience in terms of then what made you want to go in this direction. Can you share a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I had a mother, for example, who I had a, I had a musical family. And when I was a child, I'm sure I was going to sing. But I had a mother that was totally determined that I would never, <laughs> ever touch the music because it would make me a poor, you know, <laughs> unsuccessful daughter. And she definitely didn't want that for me. When I was about 15, 16, I left my mother's wing. Totally. She went and married a man in another part of the country and said, kind of, you're on your own, baby. And um, at that time, I moved into a house with a musician, never met the woman, didn't know she was a musician when I, when I moved in. And uh, I think within a week I was singing in her kitchen 
Uh, I had no musical training at this stage other than playing a lot at my grandparents' house when I was a child. I had no musical training and she said to me, oh, wow, you have an amazing voice. And I was totally shy. I was like, no, 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 no. She said, no, you do, really, really. And I said, well, you really think so? Because all I had projected at me was just negativity, you mm-hmm. know, my childhood from my mother's side. And uh, she said, no, I'm going to find you a singing teacher. And so that's what happened. I went to a singing teacher who was a very mature woman, and I sat in her class and she said, what do you want to sing? And I said, well, I had had this jazz influence when I grew up. So I picked a jazz song. I started to sing. I was just, within a couple of minutes, I was just crying my eyes out, like uncontrollably, like, <laughs> trying to sing. <laughs> and, uh, and then it happened to me the next week and the next week and the next week in class. I was so embarrassed because you know how you feel when you're a teenager, like everything's embarrassing. And, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and I was so embarrassed. She said finally to me, you know, it's okay, Paracrat. It's just your soul is crying through you because this is your calling, you know. And uh, when I was just now, so I spent a year maybe, not a year, but a few months with her, just, you know, like very casually learning from her. And then just for my 18th birthday, I left my city. I told my mother, I'm going to your sister's place. And she was a very spiritual woman. She was a psychic and she was like the black sheep of the family, you know, the one you don't trust and she's a bit weird. And my my mother was furious with me. She said, you can't go to her. And I said, no, I am. I said, and (laughs) and guess what? I'm going to go and sing. And she nearly fell off her chair. She was like laughing. My brothers were laughing and everybody was laughing at me. She said, you don't have that gift. You'll be back in six months, you know. And um Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for the support. And of course, imagine how I felt inside. I mm-hmm. sat in the bus for 40 hours crossing the desert, like brewing over what my mother had said. And I got off this bus and my auntie greeted me. She's this really cute, tiny, tiny woman. And uh, she said, guess what? I'm taking you to the forest. Oh, and meet this man. He's my new boyfriend, you know, <laughs> and he's a horse whisperer as well. And we've got horses. Let's go. So it was right on the night of New Year's Eve and I'm just before my 18th birthday now. Well, the terrible thing happened that night. This man in the forest raped me. So that was a really shocking, shocking experience because I was a virgin, you know, and I didn't see it coming. And I thought I was pretty wise by that stage, but I didn't see it coming. Well, the next day I wanted to tell my auntie, but she took me to the forest. She said, guess what? I've had a vision about you. And I said, what, auntie? And she said, you're not going to be a musical theater singer or anything that you think your mother thought you were going to be a psychologist. She said, you're going to be a singer. You're going to be a jazz singer. And she said, you're going to go to the conservatorium and study jazz. And she said, and then you're going to go to Sydney, the biggest city in Australia, and you're going to get successful there. And then you're going to go to America and you're going to get successful there. And uh, you'll go to the world stage, you know, from there. And I said, Auntie, that's crazy because I don't have the training for a conservatorium. But within a year, I had gone through an incredible process where I'd recognized that vision to want to sing for healing. And then I went through another really incredible process 
as I was training daily. I took up a jazz singing teacher. I studied theory. I worked really, really hard. I was waitressing tables in the night. And in the morning, I would go to the forest. I had so much pain in me from this rape. I still hadn't told my auntie. And um, my voice started to open up in me as I was walking through the forest. And these very primal kind of sounds started to come out of me. And with these primal sounds, this immense grief. And I was start to cry and wail. And, and I kind of did this daily, you know. And um, this is, I suppose, in the very beginning stages where I realized there was a lot more to the voice than just the scales I was learning, you know, in my class at that time. So then I went through the whole jazz world. And then I realized that in the process, I had forgotten that dream, you know, to sing for healing. I'd made my songs and scales and being a great singer more important than that search for the, the healing aspect of the voice. And suddenly I felt so incredibly low and lost as I got more and more success. I felt like I was just dying inside. And I went through this incredible revelation on the side of a mountain at this stage i was in the second stage of revision i'd gone through the jazz degree i was living in sydney i was clawing my way to the top and i was standing on the edge of the ocean i felt totally suicidal like this is it you know i'm really lost my obviously my dopamine serotonin levels were like all over the shop from performing and too much alcohol <laughs> and um I said to the mother, I just like cried out to the ogres, please help me. I'm so lost, you know. And uh, then this elemental forces just started to spin around me you know, like wind and waves started to crash against these rocks and this mist and these sounds just started to take me in and I mimicked what I heard for the first time ever. And two hours passed by and I suddenly felt this immense peace, like such a beauty from coming from such an unstable emotional state to feeling incredibly peaceful and in harmony, you know, with my life. So, of course, I went back every day to this spot and I went through the same kind of uh, process. And then one day I had this experience where I just like fell down into the earth. It was like my body's went down and dissolved in. And this immense love came up through my body, like immense. And I, I just really realized that the sound, the music is vibration and that the mother planet has these vibrations, a myriad of vibrations that express through every single living thing, every element, through cars, through wind, through buildings, through whatever you think of, you know, it has a vibration. And the point of singing, I realized, was to sing the purity of that vibration in all its myriad of uh, forms. But when I felt such a love and such an understanding, it was like being totally embraced. And I, I said to the mother, if there's any way I can sing for you, you know, to help other people, to your children, that's the way I experienced it like a mother. Like if I can help other people understand that they are birthed from these minerals, from this vibration, from this immensely beautiful living being, you know, 
And uh, then please show me how, but I had no idea how to really, other than what I was experiencing. It wasn't like I could go and stand on a concert stage and, you know, sing the wind. People think I was a lunatic. So I think within a week or so, a Native American medicine man was on tour in Australia, <laughs> all things from your country, um, doing a tour, speaking about a vision and taking people into ceremony. And he was a singer. And my crazy auntie ran me and she said, there's a Native American medicine man coming and you have to go and meet him. And he's coming to this festival at this time. He's on this stage. So you better be there. And so I said, okay, auntie, I will, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, why not? Everything she'd predicted to come true so far. <laughs> yeah, I had no reason not to trust her, even though she was now on the other side of the country, Perth, on the west side, and I was on the east side in Sydney. And so I did. And when I went into it, was a huge, like, new age festival. It was a conference hall. It was the biggest spiritual festival. It was 1993. And I heard this voice like booming through this festival, like this ancient sounding voice. So I followed it. And of course, it was him. You know, I listened. I was just like crying, goosebumps. That it was everything that I had touched somehow standing on the edge of that ocean. You know, he was singing through him. So I spoke to him and I said, Listen, I'm a singer, very shy. I'm a singer. And, you know, of course, I was shy, but I was a very sexy young woman because I knew, I knew my jazz story. So I knew my cleavage. I knew all of that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was very shy, but I was like fully cleavaged at the same time. And I, <laughs> I said to him, you know, I really want to learn about your people's way of singing. And, and he, he looked at me with these incredibly deep blue, which native people don't normally have, deep blue discerning eyes. He had long hair. He was in full regalia with feathers, leathers, bones, you know. And he said, well, little lady, maybe you should come on stage with me tomorrow and sing. So I rang my auntie. I said, guess what happened? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, okay, my dear, here's what you do. So she encouraged me to go and I was terrified. I was late, which I'm always late, but he spotted me in the crowd and he called me up onto the stage. There was an Aboriginal ditch player playing. He called 10 drummers onto the stage just from the audience. And I stood in front of that microphone and I had no idea what to do. Like none, this is not jazz, you know, <laughs> I had no idea what to do. So I just let my feet and you hadn't had like a rehearsal or anything. He's just like calling you up. It's like impromptu. Yeah. I thought he wouldn't see me. I just thought I'll creep to the back of the audience. Right. Phew, yeah. you know, like, no, but he spotted me, you know, <laughs> and I stood in front of the microphone. I didn't know what to see, you know, but the beat started and the DJ. You know, and it's cold. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very much like what I experienced, you know, by the ocean, these waves. And so I just let it come through. And it was a fairly, like, small to medium audience when I closed my eyes. But when I finished, there was a sea of people. And my whole body was just shaking, you know, and I stopped. And this drum stopped and he looked at me and he just grabbed me and he hugged me and he said, I've been waiting for you. The mother said you were coming. We have many people to meet, many roads to travel together. So that was really the beginning um, 
of that transition from being that jazz musician in a big city to actually having to totally let go of my identity. I had to let go of my career to jump into the unknown with this man who said to me, if you come with me, and he had a ranch in New Mexico in the desert, he said, you will, um, you are signed as one of my seven wives. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you got to be kidding. <laughs> and he said, will you marry me? I said, absolutely not. I've got my career in front of me. Will you have my baby? No way, not until I'm 40, you know? <laughs> like, this is never going to happen. But somehow I went through this enormous transformation, like feelings of suicide to run, just run, you know, like never see him again to finally going through this transformation of like, there's no choice. I have to go with him because this man has the answer to the request that I had made to the mother. And so I went, you know, and he was, I was together with him for 11 years, but he was a very, very challenging kind of man, like very challenging. He was special forces trained. He had done three terms in Vietnam. So he had a military sergeant's like mouth on him. He was blunt. He was rude. He was rough. He was trained in a medicine family that was hundreds and hundreds of years old. And uh, it was really a tough journey because he said, I'm not going to give you the songs you have to go and sit on the earth yourself and go and fast and go and cry for the songs yourself, you know, sit by the fire and really undo yourself, like undo your Western mind, undo all the things that you think make you important or all your pain and all your trauma. You need to undo that so that you are truly available to be a singing woman, a woman who is open, totally open inside to receive the level of transmission, I suppose, or power that it takes to be able to be someone that truly stands for people, you know, so to get yourself totally out of the way. And that took time. That took some years of training, I have to say, before I was truly ready to stand um either in that workshop or on that concert stage, you know, or wherever it took me. And it did. By the time I was 27, I was touring on the world circuit by myself or with him, you know. So it was about three or four years of training before I came out uh, of the desert, so to speak, and into the world, you know, scene again. And then there was a certain moment where this unusual healing voice started to open up and my voice split into the first harmonic overtone. I thought I was mad. I thought, you know, I was just making it up. But when I asked my sister wives, can you hear that? They said, yes, I I can. And when I talked to my um, husband about it, he just said, no, I forbid you to use that voice. And I said, but you know I have this gift. I mean, I came to you with this gift. He said, no, I forbid you to use that. You are in no way ready to use that. And I was devastated. So there was no time limit, not like, oh, you need a year training or that. No, it's just you are forbidden to use. You are not 
in any place to use that voice. It was actually 15 more years, you know, of art, of composition and touring and things before that voice switched on again and then went into the next, um, I suppose awakening is, is the way. Why did, why did he not want you to use it? Uh, I don't, I'm not, I can't really say fully. I mean, I can on some levels because, uh, I had a certain power to be able to do things inside of people's bodies. And he was very much, how to explain him, he was like a sorcerer, not just a medicine person. And I could undo the sorcery that he did on people with my voice. And he considered that very dangerous because. To him. <laughs> Well, he said, you don't know what you're doing with it. Oh, that was his yeah. you, don't, you don't know what you're doing with it. And uh, so it's kind of like, you know, to to a baby with a hammer, everything's a nail, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that was his fear that I had a power that I, I had no idea what to do with it. It, it certainly made me a, a target to go off track, you know. Right. But I left him after those 11 years. So there was no ever, there was never any direction on, uh, to use it or not use it. It was just like, no. Mm -hmm. So it was a natural evolution actually when it, when it opened up again. And, um, when I realized the power of it, then I started to compose with it because of course I have the composer in me. So it's not just primordial sound, but I can create melodies with it, compositions and layers of voice with it. So that's what allowed me to also bring it to uh, the concert stage with, which allowed me to merge bringing practice to an audience. Like, you know, you can imagine you're sitting in a concert or you don't have so much room to be able to get up and practice. But so I, create practices that people could do while they were sitting or while they were standing whilst I'm transmitting uh, these voices. Or, of course, I was um, merging them into online courses. So, for example, when COVID hit, I um, made a course to get people out of that enormous stress, that fear, that anxiety, uh, to activate the will center and then to reharmonize the entire field of the body. So they went, oh, it's like they came up for air and went, oh, this is me, you know, it's okay, I'm fine. You know? um, and we had hundreds and thousands because we made it a free course, hundreds of thousands of people downloading that course. And in 15 minutes, because I, I realized that the world is moving so fast that people need practice to be able to transform themselves very quickly now. You know, and they should be able to just put in a set of headphones, go inside, be directed in, and then let the music be like a sound healing pill and uh, rather than Prozac or something. <laughs> yeah. And you're offering that to a Psychic Story listeners too, which is from stress and anxiety to inner harmony in 15 minutes. So I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. You have such a phenomenal story, so many layers to it. <laughs> your experience and how you've gotten to where you are and your you know, as an artist, as a performer, but also as a, as a healer. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's all been very direct. It's like I'm not a conceptual person, you know. It's like if I say that 
you, if I want to help you to open your heart, I'm not going to say, oh, just love yourself. I'm going to give you the tool to be able to feel your magnetic field, to be able to feel the sensation in the heart, in the hands, and how to open that up, you know, so that the heart gets so big and so bright and so much love coming through that you, there's no doubt in you now that you are this enormous love, you know, that's, and then I've created the soundtrack to actually um, facilitate that as well on a vibrational level. And um, scientists in Russia, he were, were testing that track um, a few months back, and they had amazing results. They'd been testing heart, uh, the heart for like 20 years, and they said in 15 minutes they witnessed heart doing things they'd never, ever seen before. So that was really, really amazing to see it, you know, like, you pull these things from the cosmos and, and then yeah. you start to see them take birth and help a lot of people. But then to get the scientific um, validation, validation, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of cool. Have they shared that externally yet? The results? I'd love to see it. The first results are written in Russian and we're just about to get them translated actually. And I, I'm just going back now to, um, to do a next testing because I'm doing a meditation concert in Russia, in Siberia. And um, in the center, the very heart of Russia, this city, Novosibirsk, and next to it is the biggest scientific city of Russia. And this uh, scientific city has been going since the Soviet Union, you know. So scientists have been testing all kinds of things, you know, in this city, you know, for years. And they are now sending a crew to that particular meditation concert. So... Yeah, it'll be cool. We get the results from, from that because they'll, I think, testing not just the heart, but the brain and, um, the nervous system, et cetera, audience people will come. Yeah. Along. Well, I'd love to share it when it's available in English, of course. <laughs> and, uh, how can people get your albums or your music? What's the best way for them to go and find you and also either purchase or download your music? Yeah, I'm very much a kind of support the artist kind of woman. So a while back, I pulled out of Spotify and I, and uh, iTunes and put everything into my site. So <laughs> um, my site is paraquire.com and you'll see inside the site, there's a whole music section. So all CDs are there. You can go and tap on them, listen to tracks in them. And as I said, there's like playlists for birth. There's women's CD, there's a tantric lovemaking CD, there's uh, women's marches to open up the different um, womanly centers in the body, there's songs to wake up that tribal connection to the earth, there's all kinds of music there. Um, and there is training, one training CD there on how to sing Om and the Gayatri Mantra. And then on the other side of the website, in inside the website, there is the online courses, and there's about 15 online courses. Now, what's unique, I suppose, about my online courses is it's not only direct practice that, and process that people go through. Um, they can listen to maybe two or three of the classes and see if that that's the thing that they need. But there's also music inside of every course that's guiding them through you know, that, that particular uh, frequency. So, for example, maybe you want to find your calling. Imagine that was a very big focus of my life was how to find the calling. And then when you find your calling, how to keep deepening with it, how to keep growing with it, not just stagnating and say, oh, I'm an actress and, you know, but 
okay, I'm an actress, but now I can use my acting for et cetera, et cetera, you know, like keep deepening. So I have a course um, for that. I have courses for different states of emotional cleansing, for healing uh, rape or abortion or, you know, when people have passed over and you have this immense grief inside and you don't know how to communicate with them. I have practices and soundtracks to help people communicate with their with their passed over ones. Um, I have courses to wake up and clean up women's sexual uh, experience and pathway of the body so that she opens up more to being orgasmic and heal some of the sexual trauma. There's a lot in the site, a lot, a lot. And, of course, there's my YouTube clips they can see inside the site, so I have a lot of very beautiful, very sensual um, clips that have been shot around the world. And I will say that the, from stress and anxiety to inner harmony is not just for women, that's for men as well. It's, it's a neutral practice. Yeah, we all get stress and anxiety, unfortunately. <laughs> what is next? What is next for you? Um, well, currently I am on a Russian tour. Um, and so I have uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks two meditation concerts in different parts of Russia. And it's a very, very important time uh, to be supporting the Russian community because uh, of the war that's been going on, you know, with Ukraine. It's it's very misunderstood in the West because what we have is two Slavic people fighting each other and neither really truly supports that. It's Yeah, and um, it, there, there's a lot of foul play going on with intervention from other countries and a lot of manipulative lies that have been spread through uh, the web, you know, that this is what it's about, but it's not truly what it's about at all. And there's a lot of, lot of pain, a lot of sadness and grief in the Russian people. And they've been cast as these evil people, but they are the most, but I have to say it's one of the most beautiful places I've worked in the world with the Russian soul. It's so deep. It's a very spiritual people, their technology, their spiritual technology, all many, many things that are used in the world that are, that are technologies that we use have come from Russia and a lot of the health knowledge and things have come from Russia. So it's an amazing soul to work with. So that's my current uh, movement. And, um, and then I think I'll be heading south, probably down to Thailand for a month's holiday. <laughs> oh, well, you deserve it. You've been doing a lot of work. I just want to say thank you so much for what your gifts, with sharing them, with sharing your story. It's going to help many, many people. And I just want to say thank you for being on. Oh, thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah. And I, I wish a lot of love to your audience and to really, you know, even though it can be very difficult following that, that, that calling inside because it seems more different or more abnormal to the, the usual. Uh, experience of life, you know, what's acceptable in life. I think I'm a testament at 52 that you have to stay persistent and true to what you are called to, to what you love, no matter how weird or wacky or unusual it is, you know, that, that the consciousness is growing quite rapidly at the moment on the planet. So you will find your place in the world if you stay true to it, you know. And and I think another thing about it is staying authentic with it because it's very, very easy to sell out to something that will make you a quick buck rather than actually staying true to the original passion, calling, or gift 
so that um, it truly reflects what you love and know to be true. It's it's a big temptation of the online world nowadays to to cross over into putting the money making before rather than as a balance. You know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much. And I appreciate you being on. And again, I will also include all of this information in the show notes. So if people need to get a hold of you, they know exactly how to do it. Thank you so much, Nicole. And um, big blessings to you. And thank you for your work. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.